Welcome to this new Uvula Audio Children's presentation of L. Frank Baum's The Twinkle Tales. Volume 4 Prince Mud Turtle. Chapter 1 Twinkle Captures the Turtle. One hot summer day, Twinkle went down into the meadow to where the brook ran tinkling over its stones, or rushed and whirled around the curves of the bank or floated lazily through the more wide and shallow parts. It wasn't much of a brook, to tell the facts, for there were many places where an active child could leap across it. But it was the only brook for miles around, and to Twinkle it was a never-ending source of delight. Nothing amused or refreshed the little girl more than to go wading onto the pebbly bottom and let the little waves wash around her slim ankles. There was one place just below the pasture lot where it was deeper, and here there were real fishes swimming around, such as horned aces and chubs and shiners, and once in a while you could catch a mud turtle under the edges of the flat stones or in the hollows beneath the banks. The deep part was not very big, being merely a pool, but Twinkle never waded into it because the water would come quite up to her waist, and then she would be sure to get her skirts wet, which would mean a good scolding from Mama. Today she climbed the fence in the lane, just where the rickety wooden bridge crossed the brook, and at once sat down upon the grassy bank and took off her shoes and stockings. Then, wearing her sunbonnet to shield her face from the sun, she stepped softly into the brook and stood watching the cool water rush by her legs. It was very nice and pleasant, but Twinkle never could stand still for very long, so she began to wade slowly down the stream, keeping in the middle of the brook, and being able to see through the clear water all the best places to put her feet. Pretty soon she had to duck her head to pass under the fence that separated the meadow from the pasture lot, but she got through all right and then kept on down the stream until she came close to the deep pool. She couldn't wade through that, as I have explained, so she got under the dry land and crept on her hands and knees up to the edge of the bank so as not to scare the fishes, if any were swimming in the pool. By good luck, there were several fishes in the pool today, and they didn't seem to notice that Twinkle was looking at them. So quiet had she been. One little fellow shone like silver when the sunshine caught his glossy sides, and the little girl watched him wiggling here and there with much delight. There was also a big mud-colored fish that lay a long time upon the bottom without moving anything except his fins and the tip of his tail. And Twinkle also discovered a group of several small fishes not over an inch in length, that always swam together in a bunch, as if they belonged to one family. The girl watched these little creatures long and earnestly. The pool was all of the world these simple fishes would ever know. They were born here, 
and they would die here, without ever getting away from the place, or even knowing there was a much bigger world outside of it. After a time, the child noticed that the water had become a little muddy near the edge of the bank where she lay. And as it slowly grew clear again, she saw a beautiful turtle lying just under her head and against the side of the bank. It was a little bigger around than a silver dollar, and instead of its shell being a dull brown color like all the other mud turtles she had ever seen, this one's back was streaked with brilliant patches of red and yellow. I must get that lovely turtle, thought Twinkle. And as the water was shallow where it lay, she suddenly plunged her hand in and grabbed the turtle and flung it out of the water onto the bank, where it fell upon its back, wiggling its four fat legs desperately in an attempt to turn over. Chapter 2 Twinkle Discovers That the Turtle Can Talk At this sudden commotion in their water, the fishes darted away and disappeared in a flash. But Twinkle didn't mind, for all her interest was now centered on the struggling turtle. She knelt upon the grass and bent over to watch it, and just then she thought she heard a small voice say, It's no use. I can't do it. And then the turtle drew its head and legs between the shells and remained still. Good gracious, said Twinkle, much astonished. And then addressing the turtle, she asked, Did you say anything a minute ago? There was no reply. The turtle lay as quiet as if it were dead. Twinkle thought she must have been mistaken, so she picked up the turtle and held it in the palm of her hand while she got into the water again and waded slowly back to where she had left her shoes and stockings. When she got home, she put the mud turtle in a tub which her papa had made by sawing a barrel in two. Then she put a little water into the tub and blocked it up by putting a brick under one side so that the turtle could either stay in the water or crawled up the inclined bottom of the tub to where it was dry, whichever he pleased. She did this because Mama said that turtles sometimes like to stay in the water and sometimes on land, and Twinkle's turtle could now take this choice. He couldn't climb up the steep sides of the tub and so get away and the little girl thoughtfully placed crumbs of bread and fine bits of meat where the turtle could get them whenever he felt hungry. After that, Twinkle often sat for hours watching the turtle, which would crawl around the bottom of the tub and swim in the little pool of water and eat the food placed before him in an eager and amusing way. At times she took him in her hand and examined him closely, and then the mud turtle would put out its little head and look at her with its bright eyes, as curiously as the girl was looking at him. She had owned her turtle just a week when she came to the top one afternoon and held him in her hand, intending to feed her pet some scraps of meat she had brought with her. But as soon as the turtle put out its head, it said to her, in a small but distinct voice, Good morning, Twinkle. She was so surprised that the meat dropped from her hand, and she nearly dropped the turtle too. But she managed to control her astonishment and asked in a voice that trembled a little, Can you talk? To be sure, replied the turtle, but only on every seventh day, which of course is every Saturday. On other days I can't talk at all. Then I really must have heard you speak when I caught you, didn't I? I believe you did. I was so startled at being captured, I spoke before I thought which is a bad habit to get into. But afterwards, I resolved not to answer when you questioned me, for I didn't know you then, and feared it would be unwise to trust you with my secret. Even now, 
I must ask you not to tell anyone that you have a turtle that knows how to talk. Chapter 3 The Turtle Tells of the Corrugated Giant Why, it's wonderful, said Twinkle, who had listened eagerly to the turtle's speech. It would be wonderful indeed if I were but a simple turtle, was the reply. But you aren't a turtle? Of course. So far as my outward appearance goes, I'm a common little mud turtle. And I think you'll agree with me. It was rather clever of the corrugated giant to transform me into such a creature. What's a correlated giant? asked Twinkle with breathless interest. The corrugated giant is a monster that's full of deep wrinkles because he has no bones inside him to hold his flesh up properly. I hated this giant, who's both wicked and cruel, and I assure you that giant hated me in return. So one day when I tried to destroy him, the monster transformed me into this helpless little being you see before you. But who were you before you were transformed? asked the girl. A fairy prince named Melga, the seventh son of the fairy Queen Flutterlight, who rules all the fairies in the north part of this land. And how long have you been a turtle? Fourteen years, replied the creature with a deep sigh. At least I think it's been fourteen years. Of course, when one is swimming around in brooks and grubbing in the mud for food, one is apt to lose all track of time. I should think so indeed, said Twinkle. But according to that, you're older than I am. Much older, declared the turtle. I had lived about four hundred years before the corrugated giant turned me into a turtle. Was your head gray? Did you have white whiskers? she asked. No, indeed, said the turtle. Fairies are always young and beautiful in appearance no matter how many years they've lived. And as they never die, they're bound to get pretty old sometimes as a matter of course. Of course, agreed Twinkle. Mama's told me about the fairies, but must you always be a mud turtle? That'll depend on whether you're willing to help me or not, was the answer. It sounds just like a fairy tale in a book, cried the little girl. Yep, these things have been happening ever since there were fairies replied the turtle, and you might expect some of our adventures would get into books. But are you willing to help me? That's the important thing just now. I'll do anything I can, said Twinkle. Then I may expect to get back to my own form again in a reasonably short time. But you must be brave and not shrink from such a little thing as danger. That made Twinkle look solemn. Of course I don't want to get hurt, she said. My mama and papa would go destructed if anything happened to me. Something will happen, sure, declared the turtle. But nothing that happens will hurt you in the least if you do exactly as I tell you. I won't have to fight that carbolated giant, will I? Twinkle asked doubtfully. He's not carbolated, he's corrugated. No, you won't have to fight at all. When the proper time comes, I'll do the fighting myself. But you may have to come with me to the Black Mountains in order to set me free. Is that far? She asked. 
Yep, but it won't take us long to go there, answered the turtle. Now I'll tell you what to do, and if you follow my advice, no one will ever know you've been mixed up with fairies and strange adventures. And colorated giants, she added. Corrugated, he corrected. It's too late this Saturday to start upon our journey, so we must wait another week. But next Saturday morning, you come to me bright and early, as soon as you've had breakfast, and then I'll tell you what to do. All right, said Twinkle. I won't forget. In the meantime, please give me a little clean water now and then. I'm a mud turtle, sure enough, but I'm also a fairy prince, and I must say I prefer clean water. I'll attend to that, promised the girl. Now put me down and run away. It'll take me all the week to think over my plans and decide exactly what we are to do. Chapter 4 Prince Turtle Remembers His Magic Twinkle was as nervous as she could be during all the week that followed the strange conversation with Prince Turtle. Every day, as soon as school was out, she would run to the tub to see if the turtle was still safe, for she worried lest it should run away or disappear in some strange manner. And during school hours it was such hard work to keep her mind on her lessons that teacher scolded her more than once. The fairy imprisoned in the turtle swarm had nothing to say to her during this week, because he would not be allowed to talk again until Saturday. So the most that Twinkle could do to show her interest in the prince was to give him the choicest food she could get and supply him with plenty of fresh, clean water. At last the day of her adventure arrived, and as soon as she could get away from the breakfast table, Twinkle ran out to the tub, and there was her fairy turtle, safe as could be. And as she leaned over the tub, he put out his head and called, "'Good morning,' in his small voice. "'Good morning,' she replied. "'Are you still willing and ready to assist me?' asked the turtle. "'To be sure,' said Twinkle. "'Then take me in your hand,' he said. So she picked him up out of the tub and placed him upon her hand, and the turtle said, "'Now pay strict attention and do exactly as I tell you, and all will be just fine.' In the first place, we want to get to the Black Mountains, so you must repeat after me these words. Uller, aller, iller, aller. Uller, aller, iller, aller, said Twinkle. The next minute it seemed as though a gale of wind had struck her. It blew so hard against her eyes that she couldn't see. So she covered her face with one arm, while with the other hand she held fast to the turtle. Her skirts fluttered so wildly that it seemed as though they would tear themselves from her body, and her sunbonnet, not being properly fastened, was gone in a minute. But it didn't take long, fortunately. After a few moments the wind stopped, and she found she could breathe again. Then she looked around and drew another long breath, for instead of being in her backyard at home, she stood on the side of a beautiful mountain, and spread before her were the loveliest green valleys she had ever beheld. "'Well, we're here,' said the turtle, in a voice that sounded as if he were pleased. "'I thought I hadn't forgotten my fairy wisdom.' "'Where are we?' asked the child. "'In the Black Mountains, of course. "'We've come a good way, but it didn't take us that long to arrive, now, did it?' "'No, indeed,' 
she answered, still gazing down the mountainside at the flower-strewn grassland of the valleys. This, said the turtle, sticking his little head out of its shell as far as it would go, is the realm of the fairies, where I used to live. Those beautiful palaces you see yonder are inhabited by Queen Flutterlight and my people, and that grim castle at your left, standing on the side of the mountain, is where the corrugated giant lives. I don't see anything, exclaimed Twinkle. That is, nothing but the flowers and the valley and the grass. True. I'd forgotten that these things are invisible to your mortal eyes. But it is necessary you should see all clearly if you're going to rescue me from this terrible form and restore me to my natural shape. Now put me down upon the ground, for I must search for a particular plant whose leaf has a magic virtue. So Twinkle put him down, and the little turtle began running here and there, looking carefully at the different plants that grew amongst the grass on the mountainside. But his legs were so short, and his shell-covered body so heavy, he couldn't move very fast. So presently, he called for her to pick him up again, and hold him close to the ground, while she walked among the plants. She did this, and after what seemed a long search, the turtle suddenly cried out, Stop! Here it is. This is the plant I want. What, this? asked the girl, touching a broad green leaf. Yep. Pluck the leaf from the stem and rub your eyelids with it. She obeyed, and having rubbed her lids well with the leaf, she again opened her eyes and beheld the real fairyland. Chapter 5 Twinkle Promises to be Brave In the center of the valley was a great cluster of palaces that appeared to be built of crystal and silver and mother-of-pearl and golden filigree work, so dainty and beautiful were these fairy dwellings that Twinkle had no doubt for an instant that she gazed upon fairyland. She could almost see from the far mountain upon which she stood the airy, gauze-winged forms of the fairies themselves, floating gently amidst their pretty palaces and moving gracefully along jeweled streets. But another sight now attracted her attention, a big, grey, ugly-looking castle standing frowning on the mountainside at her left, it overlooked the lovely city of palaces like a dark cloud on the edge of a blue sky, and the girl could not help giving a shudder when she saw it. All around the castle was a high fence of iron spikes. That fence is enchanted, said the turtle, as if he knew she was looking at it, and no fairy can pass by, because the power to prevent it has been given to the giant, but a mortal has never been forbidden to pass the fence for no one ever supposed a mortal would come here or be able to see it. That's the reason I brought you to this place, and the reason why you alone are able to help me. Oh, gracious, cried Twinkle. Must I meet the carbonated giant? He's corrugated, said the turtle. Well, I know he's something dreadful, she wailed, because he's so hard to pronounce. You'll surely have to meet him. But don't fear, I'll protect you from all harm, declared the turtle. Well, a correlated giant's a mighty big person, said the girl doubtfully. And a mud turtle isn't much of a fighter. I think I want to go home. That's impossible, declared the turtle. You're too far from home ever to get back without my help. 
so you may as well be good and obedient. Oh, my. What must I do? She asked. We'll wait until it's nearly noon, when the giant will put his pot on the fire to boil his dinner. We can tell the right time by watching the smoke come out of his chimney. Then you have to march straight up to the castle and into his kitchen, where the giant's at work, and throw me quickly into the boiling kettle. That's all you need to do. I could never do that, declared Twinkle. Why not? You'll be scalded to death, and then I'd be a murderer. That's nonsense, said the turtle peevishly. I know what I'm doing, and if you obey me, I'll not be scalded but for an instant, for then I'll resume my own form. Remember, I'm a fairy, and fairies can't be killed so easy as you may think. But won't it hurt you? she inquired. Only for a moment, but the reward will be so great that I won't mind an instant's pain. Will you do me this favor? I'll try, replied Twinkle gravely. Then I'll be very grateful, said Prince Turtle, and send you home safe and sound as quick as you came. Chapter 6 Twinkle Meets the Corrugated Giant And now, while we're waiting, continued the fairy turtle, I want you to find a certain flower that has wonderful powers to protect mortals from any injury. Not that I fear I shall be unable to take care of you, but it's just as well to be on the safe side. Well, that sounds okay, said Twinkle earnestly. Where's the flower? We'll hunt for it, replied the turtle. So holding him in her hand in such a way as he could see all the flowers that grew, the girl began wandering over the mountainside, and everything was so beautiful around her that she would have been quite contented and happy had not the grey castle been before her to remind her constantly that she must face the terrible giant who lived within it. They found the flower at last, a pretty pink blossom that looked like a double daisy, but must have been something else, because a daisy has no magic power that I have ever heard of. And when it was found, the turtle told her to pick the flower and pin it fast to the front of her dress, which she did. By that time the smoke began to roll out of the giant's chimney in great big black clouds, so the fairy turtle said the giant must be getting dinner, and the pot would surely be boiling by the time they got to the castle. Twinkle couldn't help being a little afraid to approach the giant's stronghold, but she tried to be brave, and so stepped along briskly until she came to the fence of iron spikes. "'You need to squeeze through between two of the spikes,' said the turtle. She didn't think it could possibly be done, but to her surprise it was quite easy, and she managed to squeeze through the fence without even tearing her dress. Then she walked up a great driveway, which was lined with white skulls of many sheep that the giant had eaten, and got to the front door of the castle, which stood ajar. "'Go on in,' said the turtle. So she boldly entered and passed down a high-arched hall toward a room in the rear. "'This is the kitchen,' said the turtle. Enter quickly, go straight to the kettle, and throw me into the boiling water. Twinkle entered quickly enough, but then she stopped short with a cry of amazement, for there before her stood the ugly giant, blowing the fire with an immense pair of bellows. Chapter 7 Prince Mudturtle Becomes Prince Melga 
The giant was as big around as ten men, and as tall as two. But having no bones, he seemed pushed together, so that his skin seemed wrinkled up like the size of an accordion or a photograph camera. Even his face being so wrinkled that his nose stuck out between two folds of flesh and his eyes from between two more. In one end of the kitchen was the great fireplace, above which hung an iron kettle with a big iron spoon in it, and at the other end was a table set for dinner. As the giant was standing between the kettle and Twinkle, she could not do as the turtle had commanded and throw him into the pot, so she hesitated, wondering how to obey the fairy. Just then the giant happened to turn around and see her. By the whiskers of Gabarog, who was one of my ancestors that was killed by Jack the Giant Killer, he cried, but in a very mild voice for so big a person. Whom have we here? I'm Twinkle, said the girl, drawing a long breath. Then to pay you for your folly for entering my castle, I will make you my slave, and some day, if you're not good, I'll feed you to my seventeen-headed dog. I never eat little girls myself. I prefer mutton. Twinkle's heart almost stopped beating when she heard these awful words. All she could do was to stand still and look imploringly at the giant. But she held the fairy mud turtle clasped tightly in her hand, so the monster couldn't see it. What are you staring at? shouted the corrugated giant angrily. Blow up my fire this instant, slave. He stood aside for her to pass, and Twinkle ran at once to the fireplace. The pot was now before her and within easy reach, and it was bubbling hot. In an instant, she reached out her hand and tossed the turtle into the boiling water. And then, with a cry of horror at her own action, she drew back to see what would happen. The turtle was a fairy, all right, and he had known very well the best way to break the enchantment that his enemy had put upon him. For no sooner had Twinkle tossed him into the boiling pot than a great hissing was heard, and a cloud of steam hid for an instant the fireplace. Then as it cleared away, a handsome young prince stepped forward, fully armed, for the turtle was again a fairy, and the kettle had changed into a strong shield which he bore upon his left arm and the iron spoon was now a long and glittering sword. Chapter 8 Twinkle Receives a Metal The giant gave a roar like that of a baby bull when he saw Prince Melga standing before him, and in a twinkling he had caught up a big club that stood nearby and began whirling it over his head. But before the club could descend, the prince ran at him, and stuck his sword as far as it would go into the body of the corrugated giant. Again the monster roared and tried to fight, but the sword had hurt him badly, and the prince pushed it into the evil creature again and again, until the end came and his corrugated enemy rolled upon the floor quite dead. Then the fairy turned to Twinkle, and kneeling before her, he kissed her hand. Thank you very much, he said in a sweet voice for setting me free. You're a brave little girl. I'm not so sure about that, she answered. I was dreadfully scared. Now he took her hand and led her from the castle, and she didn't have to squeeze through the fence again, because the fairy only had to utter a magic word, and the gate flew open. And when they turned to look back, the castle of the corrugated giant, with all it had contained, had vanished from sight. 
and never to be seen again by either mortal or fairy eye, for that was sure to happen whenever the giant was dead. The prince led Twinkle into the valley where the fairy palaces stood, and told all his people, when they crowded around to welcome him, how kind the little girl had been to him, and how her courage had enabled him to defeat the giant and to regain his proper form. And all the fairies praised Twinkle with kind words, and the lovely Queen Flutterlight, who seemed altogether too young to be the mother of the handsome prince, gave to the child a golden medal with a tiny mud turtle engraved upon one side of it. Then, after a fine feast had been prepared, and the little girl had eaten all she could of the fairy sweetmeats, she told Prince Melga she would like to go home again. "'Very well,' he said. "'Don't forget me, Twinkle, although we shall probably never meet again. I'll send you home quite as safely as you came, but as your eyes have been rubbed with the magic Mytalif, you will doubtless always see many strange sights that are hidden from other mortal eyes.' "'I don't mind,' said Twinkle. "'Then she bade goodbye to the fairies, "'and the prince spoke a magic word. "'There was another rush of wind, "'and when it had passed, "'Twinkle found herself once more "'in the backyard at home. "'As she sat upon the grass rubbing her eyes "'and wondering at the strange adventure "'that had befallen her, "'Mama came out upon the back porch and said, "'Your turtle has crawled out of the tub "'and run away, dear.' "'Yep,' said Twinkle. "'I know, and I'm glad of it, Mama.' But she kept her secret to herself. The End